Welcome to the Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast. Join host Marco Torres, co-founder of MarketingBoost.com, internet ninja marketer Christian D. Evans, along with expert guests as they deliver incredible proven solutions to your marketing challenges in each power-packed episode. Captain Marco has guided thousands of entrepreneurs, growing their sales and marketing through the use of value-add incentives. His Facebook groups are home to more than 84,000 entrepreneurs who are raking in sales with his advice. Get ready to be blown away with game-changing lessons for your business. So the title of today's talk is uh, how to create a million dollars per month in sales from a single piece of content. So um, that's a big, big claim. And normally when I'm in front of a live group, I get everyone to raise their hand to tell me how many people think this is a, a load of BS. And uh, depending on the degree of skepticism in the room, I can <laughs> go from a third to half of the people raise their hands. So I've come up with this title because uh, this is actually what we did in one of our companies for a number of years. Uh, I lived in America and uh, in the US in Hawaii and we had a supplement company and um, literally one of our articles was responsible for bringing in about a million dollars a month in sales for about two years straight. And so we're going to be talking about that article amongst many other pieces of content um, and, and reverse engineer pretty much um, how did we do that? What's the secret sauce and so forth. And um, yeah. And in addition to that, um, many times since with uh, our clients as well, we've um, you know, created, I don't even know the amount, how much money, but many millions of dollars in sales by following the same formula that we used in the supplement company. So we're going to go through that formula today. Now, the obligatory proof element. So here is just a seven-day period um, from that supplement company, seven day period of sales, you'll see seven days up there, 600 grand or so in sales for that week. That was not a launch. This was a very standard week. Uh, we got up to about $3 million a month in sales, month in, month out. And like I said, a good 1 million of that per month or came from one article. So um, something I wanna get across, there's a, a key principle that I'm gonna to wanna to get across. Uh, this is the article that we ran for a good two years. You'll see this time and time again. Um, there are some special elements to this article at that point in time. Uh, but there's something I want to get across, and that is if you know what to say and how to say it, you can literally get anybody to do anything. And I kid you not, uh, words can move mountains. An example. So these two gentlemen here, we all know who these two guys are. Warren Buffett on the left. Uh, Barack Obama on the right. Why am I showing these guys on the screen? That's because a number of years ago, I sent uh, Warren Buffett a letter and this is his reply to me. And you can't see it, it's in the PS, but he actually invited me to be his guest to his company's uh, to Berkeley's annual, annual general meeting. And I show you this because again, you know, if you know what to say and how to say it, you can literally accomplish anything uh, words have power. This example here, this is from my sister's Facebook feed. Quick backstory, uh, she has a, a Volkswagen SUV and um, for six weeks, she, uh, Volkswagen were giving her the runaround. She had some mechanical issues, the brakes weren't working and so forth. 
and she's got two kids, uh, you know, my, my niece and nephew. And I heard about it and said, this is ridiculous. This needs to, I wanted to sort this ASAP. So I drafted what you see here and we posted it to my sister's feed and tagged a few people. And we had six weeks of runaround. And until this got posted, uh, 24 hours after this got posted, the GM of Volkswagen Australia was on the phone calling my sister, apologizing profusely and said two things to her. Uh, we're not only going to fix the situation, I'm going to give you a brand new car. And then number two, please don't do this again. If you've got a problem, just, just reach out to me because what happened was Germany, the head office got wind of this Facebook post, uh, came down on the Aussie GM like a ton of bricks, who in turn contacted my sister. Again, if you know what to say and how to say it, um, you really can make people do anything that you want. And just one more example here. This is a company here in Australia that's been funded by one of our biggest banks. And you'll see they've invested uh, 25 mil. They've actually invested more than that since then. Um, so we've done a lot of content for this company. They're in the fintech space, mortgage brokering and so forth. And one of our pieces, again, just one article, just one article, it's generated thousands and thousands of leads and had to be turned off during Christmas. This is a letter from the head of content or an email from the head of content to me, just giving me an update on that article. And you will see this article time and time again in today's uh, webinar. But here is a glance at how it looked on, on their blog, and that's the headline. Everything I've shown you here in terms of this article and our supplement article uh, followed the same methodology, what I term content hacking. Now, I did not invent this term. There are others out there that are using the term to explain, um, you know, well, they all have, everyone has their own agenda, but no one's doing a great job, I think. So I thought there might be a great opportunity here to really uh, identify a term that actually means something, a framework, something that means to me how to get ROI from content, how to generate leads, quantifiable leads from content, how to generate sales from content. So what does that mean? What does content hacking look like? It has three parts. Actually, before I get to three parts, uh, just a bit quick background. So we have a content agency and we do roughly around a, a million words a month. And how we, I arrived at the content hacking formula was I, we looked at what we did with the supplement company. How do we generate all those sales from that one article? And we, I looked at all the clients that we work with month on month with the agency and the ones that really, really crush it. And I wasn't that surprised to find common DNA a common framework between all of the clients that really spend, you know, a lot of money on ads and generate ROI from their content. And that's what the content hacking formula is about. So it's three parts. Part number one is content, not just content though. Great content is part one. And that's what I'm talking about when we're talking content hacking. Part two are funnels specifically from your content, you have some sort of a call to action through to a funnel. Now there's a case at the top of funnel to not have a call to action. If you're, for example, building out an audience using video views, there is a case, but more often than not, in the vast majority of cases, content that has a call to action at the end through to a funnel of some sorts is going to work better more often. And then part three, um, oops, amplification, whether that's Facebook ads, whether that's SEO, whether that's email, whatever it may be, these three elements together are a knockout punch. Yes, you can get results by just doing content without amplifying it. And yes, you can get results by just doing content 
and not having funnels. But if you, you know, <laughs> it takes a lot longer. The biggest complaints when I speak to companies that produce content but don't do part two and part three of content hacking is it takes too long to get results. But if you do it all three together, it's the knockout punch. So let's just get everybody on the same page here because I'm not sure um, if everybody knows the power of content when it's done correctly. According to Demand Metric, content marketing costs 62% less than traditional marketing and generates about three times as many leads. According to Aberdeen, conversion rates are nearly six times higher for content marketing adopters than non-adopters. That's a huge, huge difference. According to HubSpot, companies have published 16 plus blog posts per month, got almost three and a half times more traffic than companies that essentially did, you know, zero or zero to four posts per month. And finally, and this one's my favorite because this one is, is right on the money. You know, about half of buyers viewed three to five pieces of content before engaging with a sales rep. And uh, I'm sure most people on this webinar today, if you're running, uh, if you've been around for a while, and I unfortunately have, <laughs> um, traditional marketing methods no longer work as well as they used to. Uh, that is definitely true. So what's the bottom line here? What's the summary? Content has a place in the modern marketing mix. And there's no doubt in the future, it's going to get more and more important. And anybody on today's webinar that actually has a content machine that's reached critical mass, i.e. you've got the traffic coming through, you've got enough views, you've got enough momentum, you have no doubt discovered what we, well, we've discovered in our own company because we produce a lot of content for ourselves. And obviously what we've discovered with our clients that we do content for once content hits a critical mass, it is astounding how much easier it is to get conversions, to get sales. Um, it, it just, things just get infinitely easier. So um, the rest of this webinar is gonna be focused on refer, uh, showing you our process, so to speak, how we go about what we do in our company, Fubi, our content hacking agency. So let's get into it. Part number one of the content hacking framework is content. No surprises, right? Um, now, when I say content, I mean great content. I do not mean mediocre content. I do not even mean good content. I mean great content. So what the heck is great content? First up, um, to create it, most important, more important than anything else, you need to go deep into your audience. You need to understand your audience's worries, questions, issues, desires, and priorities better than they do. I'm gonna repeat that because it is critically important. You need to understand your audience's worries and questions and issues and desires and priorities better than they do. Not as good as them, but better than them. When I was writing, when I was a full-time copywriter, um, I lost count the amount of times that people in my target market who were reading my copy or watching a video sales letter would say, Alexi, it was uncanny. Just as I was asking or question, a question or raising an objection, you were there right there on the next sentence addressing it. It's like you were reading my mind. And that's not because I'm smart, it's because I took the time to understand the issues that was central to our target audience. And that applies now when we do content for ourselves and we do content for clients, is that we really need to understand exactly what's going on in the mind of the audience. How the heck do you go about that? 
look, I could show you a whole bunch of tools here. I could spend hours literally talking to you about different little hacks that you can use. And there are many that all of us know from using uh, the people also ask feature in Google, um, you know, using tools like SEMrush and so forth. I'm just going to bypass here because I, I know this is a bit more of an advanced audience. So I'm going to show you two ways that we use time and time again that I personally believe is better than any of the tools you're going to find out there. And the first one is super salesman. Okay. So if you have a superstar salesperson on your team, or if you as the founder of CEO and so forth are the superstar salesperson, then you have all the market research you need to identify the issues and the worries and the questions and the frustrations and the desires of your target audience. It's as simple as that. You cannot be a superstar salesperson without intimately knowing what keeps your audience awake at night. And this is why I suggest to every one of our clients, if they have a superstar salesperson, give us access to them. Let us interview them. This is why I say to every company that I speak to, make sure there's an open dialogue between your superstar salesperson and your content team. Make it an open dialogue back and forth. Get them talking regularly because it's astoundingly awesome market research. This article here, how did we come up with this headline and why in large part was it so successful in a very competitive space? Really easy. When we, when we started working with this client, I just said to the head of content, hey, Helen, go out and speak to your superstar salespeople and ask them the following question. What is it that everybody's asking on the phones when they're inquiring about um, your services? We're inquiring about getting a mortgage with you guys. And um, she went out and asked the team, came back and said there was a universal answer. A universal answer. I said, beautiful, what is it? The number one question we get time and time again is how can I maximize my borrowing power? And so bang, you'll see in the second part of that headline, that's exactly what we used. And it was literally that simple. Now, of course, we did do some extra stuff that is beyond the scope of today's presentation. But for the moment, what I want you to localize your attention on is the key benefit there of maximizing your borrowing power. That precise language came from the sales team. Okay. So the, there is the first technique that I think amongst many others is, the, is one of the most powerful, maybe the most powerful. It's head to head for me. The next one might be even stronger. I don't know. I tend to oscillate between the two. And that is uh, using a, a software called BuzzSumo. Um, now, I don't know how many people on today's webinar know about BuzzSumo and what it does. I'm just going to assume for a moment that no one knows anything, so I'm just going to explain it quickly. And then I'm going to show you a way that we use BuzzSumo that is different from anybody else. As far as I know, um, like we invented um, uh, how to use BuzzSumo in the following way that I'll reveal in a moment, only because I've never seen anybody talk about it. Maybe someone is, but I haven't seen them. So first up, what is BuzzSumo? BuzzSumo is a really cool tool that, that for any keyword will show you what the most viral content for that keyword was. And so in this example here, you'll see the keyword is wine, because that's it, that's what's bolded, wine, wine, so forth. And you'll see the most viral um, piece of content in the year before, and the year leading up to me taking this screenshot, 
was this post up here from higherperspectives.com. You'll see over here that we had 1.1 million shares. So BuzzSumo is very powerful for obvious reasons. And the way most people use BuzzSumo, which is a good way, but not a great way, is they type in the keywords and then uh, they look at what is the most viral piece of, piece of content on that, on that keyword and they say, okay, so BuzzSumo says that's the most viral piece. What we should do is the same, an article on the same topic, but we should just make our content longer, deeper, add more images and so forth. Uh, that technique is called the skyscraper method. Very, very well, very well known amongst SEO experts. And it's a good technique. It's not bad. It's by far the most superior technique. There's a much, much better way. And this is how we use BuzzSumo to come up with lots and lots of very engaging topics to start to build out a content plan for ourselves and our clients. Why is this important? It's important because most companies that want to produce lots of content for themselves fall into a common trap and that is they leave it to the last minute. They are un unable and don't know how to get proactive and prepare months worth of content, but very, very um, powerful content ideas in advance. So what I'm saying is what I'm about to show you will let you be very proactive and very organized rather than being knee jerky and reactive and slapping together your content at the 11th hour, which will inevitably mean you're slapping together mediocre content. Okay. So let me show you. Here's how we do it. So we type in a keyword, in this case, why. And what we do, instead of looking at the topics that are the most viral, we ask ourselves, what themes present themselves here. If we had to put them into buckets or categories of what themes tend to go the most viral, then we start to think in a much more sensible fashion. So what we're really seeking to do is understand the intention behind the search. And so if we look at these, and I'll do this one uh, for you and then we'll start to do some more together where I'll let you guys think for yourselves. I'm looking at these and saying, okay, so the first one is about wine and longevity. Okay. The second one is about um, wine and longevity. The third one is about wine and longevity. So I've purposely chosen an easy one for obvious reasons. The third one is about aging. The fifth one's about aging. So if we take, we can take all of these in aggregate and put them into a bucket or a theme or a category, a very obvious one presents itself. And that is the health benefits of wine or the anti-aging benefits of wine or wine and longevity. Um, you know, what, however you name them. So that becomes the theme that then could spin off dozens and dozens of video topics, article topics, emails, social posts, you name it. In a moment, I'll show you how we do it for clients. You're going to see how amazingly awesome, how amazingly proactive we get when we're producing a lot of content for clients. But uh, and this is how we start to go about it. Okay, so there's example number one. Let's continue. In this example here, the keyword search term is red wine. Okay, so slightly different from the last one, which was wine. Again, if we look at the most viral topics and we had to put them into buckets, 
what presents itself? What becomes obvious? I'm going to give you guys five or 10 seconds just to ask yourselves. If we're in a live seminar room, we'd have mic runners and we'd have you call out, but this is a different forum, so that's okay. What pops out to you if you had to put them into categories? Okay, so what do I see? So I see here, the first thing that's at the top there, the most viral for red wine is a meal, like a recipe. Then I sort of see, sort of see, um, the third one is also a recipe. So I think to myself, one theme that would be a winner would be red wine recipes. And using that as the theme, we would come up with dozens, possibly hundreds of article topics related to that theme. And you can start to see how much more powerful that is than just swiping that. We use the theme as the seed. It's very much like the metaphor. Uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for life. That's what these themes are. We're learning how to fish. So there is one theme. What's a second theme that could pop up here? I look at this one here. This one's relatively obvious. And it relates to what we spoke about in the last slide. And that's the health benefits of red wine. So if we were producing content, say, for a winery, for example, or a uh, wine website, and they said, hey, Alexi and crew, we guys, we guys want you to do X amount of emails per month and X amount of articles. What we would start to do is create these two categories for him or her or for that client, red wine recipes and red wine health benefits. Um, what else is there or what else could there be? So I see this one here. This looks like just a, an announcement of some sort. So for me, this would do nothing. And I have no idea how to categorize that. <laughs> this red wine hair trend is gorgeous and literally made for months. Yeah. So I probably would leave it there and just have two categories from this. Let's do another example. So this one's a different keyword search term. I'll give you guys 10, 15 seconds to have a think about it. Okay, here's what I see. The most viral piece of content at the top was a story about Celine Dion. Now, what does that mean to me? Actually, let's go back a step. So I see one at the top, Celine Dion. I also see Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I actually don't know who she is. I'm guessing she's a celebrity. So what I see here, two of the top five most viral uh, pieces of content had to do with celebrities and their weight loss story. So what I would do if we were crafting content for this client, let's say they're a weight loss company, call it Weight Watchers, for example, we would create a content theme called celebrity weight loss stories. And then from that, uh, the writing crew would come up with dozens and dozens of topics for videos and emails and articles and so forth. Now I'll tell you now guys, and I'll repeat this time and time again, nothing is more powerful to get attention than mentioning celebrities in your headlines. Nothing. Unbeatable. The number one. 
seriously. So this is why when I first took this screenshot, I thought, oh, this one's going to be a winner. Celebrity weight loss stories would be the first thing. Now I look at uh, this one here. I see that one there and I see that there. So for me, a second theme springs out and that would be weight loss tips, weight loss advice. Uh, so these two here would be the ones that um, would do that for me. Now there's an argument to say, you could say quick weight loss tips because this one here has 10 pounds in 10 days. And there's a case for that for sure. So there's a possible third theme. And there's a possible fourth theme as well for this one here, which would be weight loss studies. It's possible. Um, but certainly we've got weight loss tips. Certainly we've got weight loss studies, or we could just aggregate all of that together. And the theme could be weight loss tips. And then in brackets, we could actually expand upon and say, this could include recent weight loss studies. It could also include quick weight loss tips. And then the, the writing crew who are going to come up with all the topics know that the topics they come back with could cover that span of um, ideas. Okay. One more, and then I'll show you how um, we get very organized uh, in terms of building out the content plan using this methodology. So what do we see here? I'll give you guys 10 seconds. This should be pretty easy for you. Okay. So first up, this one up here, I would actually, you know, I've truncated the most viral. What a gumby. I just realized that. I just put that to the side. This one here is an opt-in page. So I would ignore that. Um, but this one here, what do I see? It's a story. <clears throat> um, how would I categorize that theme? So if we were crafting content for this client, our thing would be weight loss story. This is different from the celebrity weight loss story, which is what I see here. It's time to wow, surprise, and impress your clients with the most powerful customer draw card available anywhere. The Marketing Boost Solution Show is brought to you by Marketing Boost, where you can get valuable travel and restaurant incentives to drive your leads from prospects to paying customers. Now you can offer complimentary hotel stays in over 130 destinations worldwide. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com and try it for free right now. When we work with clients, for example, we ask every single, <laughs> we ask every, I'll talk about that SMS that just popped up in a sec. I will talk about that in a sec. That's, that's incredible timing. Um, <laughs> um, my God, I lost my train of thought. I message killing me. Um, um, yes. When we work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, uh, we always ask every single client for their own client case studies. And more often than not, they say, we can get them, but we don't have them. And so what we ask is, are you okay if we tell third party stories? We don't say that they're your client per se, but we use the power and the emotionality of the story to contextualize the content. And most clients say yes. So what I'm saying about that is, it's very powerful to use third party stories such as that 
uh, this one here would be a third party story. So if you have the capacity to use stories in your space, third party stories, create them as their own content theme. Okay, now how does all this come together? All right, I'm gonna bring it all together now. This is the master file for one of our clients out from Sam Cawthorn of the Speakers Institute. Good, awesome, great, amazing guy. If you have any interest on being a public speaker, Google him and check out his stuff. Um, one of his themes were inside analysis of famous speeches in history. Again, his audience want to be public speakers. So we identified that theme and then my team came up with all these topics. Now we do 120 pieces a month for Sam, four articles a month, and then all the related pieces from those articles. We can get between 20 to 30 related pieces out of every article, hence the 120. But you'll see here, um, when Sam first signed on, we wrote all of these topics, sent it to him for approval, and you can see yes, 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 yes. And we also came up with his second theme, personal brand success stories. And we came up with all these topics. Bah, 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 bah. Sam said yes. Now, a couple of things. Go back a step. First up, we do four articles a month for Sam. Okay. Now, in one go, we have got free approval for, <clears throat> there's actually more. I, I don't think I've got a third yet. Uh, there's actually another content theme. So, long story short, we had 32 topics that we got pre approval on. What does that mean? We have instantly in one go, eight months worth of articles pre-approved. Bang, proactive, organized, no knee jerkiness. That's the first thing. Second thing is, and this is no accident. Remember I said about celebrities are the most, the greatest uh, mechanism for getting attention. Now look at this. Winston Churchill, Ronald Reagan, Abraham Lincoln, Nelson Mandela. Gandhi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No accident. Jessica Alba, Michelle Obama, the list goes on. So if you have the potential to use celebrities in your content, please do so. Now, when I say celebrities, I, they, I do not mean exclusively world famous celebrities like these. They can also be celebrities within your industry. For example, my background, copywriting. Uh, there is a celebrity in our industry. His name is Paris Lampropoulos. Very, very close and dear friend of mine. Also my main copywriting mentor. Paris is known for being somewhat reclusive. Uh, he's been paid over a million dollars for a sales letter multiple times. The only way you can learn from him is by actually being um, his copy cub. Never before in history did he produce any information products, nothing. About three or four months ago, his cousin was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, and uh, Paris set up a GoFundMe campaign and to raise money for his cousin for the first time ever, pulled together an info product and offered it for $297. Now, Paris is not a celebrity to anybody else but copywriters. But once he announced the release of the GoFundMe campaign and the trainings, Within weeks, he raised nearly a quarter of a million dollars. I think something like $216,000 from a very, very underground community of copywriters. How was that possible? One reason, one reason only. Didn't have to do with the quality of his content. It had to do with his reputation, his celebrity status. 
So if you have celebrities in your own space, even if they're underground, use them, use them. We have five ways to get proof into headlines. Celebrities are number one. Now, so that's, um, uh, that. next we're gonna move on to the quality of your content. So this guy here, we all know who he is, Albert Einstein. He's known for many things. You know, he's known for being a patent clerk and being a sloppy student and he's, he's formula e equals MC squared. Um, but he's also known for being a genius. And I've got him on the screen here because he, for me, typifies um, the main hurdle that we strive for when we produce content for ourselves and all our clients. And that is you need to get wisdom into your content. Okay. You need to get wisdom. Now, what do I mean by wisdom? The best definition that I ever heard of wisdom was when I was uh, in my late teens, I was working my way through the Edward de Bono lateral thinking books. And um, in one of the books, he defined as he saw wisdom. And it was a very simple formula. Wisdom equals knowledge applied. Wisdom equals knowledge applied. And when you think about it, what a great definition. What a great definition. And as it relates to content, if you are sharing your own unique knowledge, if you are sharing your own unique paradigms and frameworks and perceptions and stories and situations, what you are in effect doing is creating boatloads of novelty and difference and uniqueness. Because your views are your views. Your frameworks are your frameworks. Your paradigms are your paradigms. You want to create content so rich with wisdom and therefore novelty that your audience cannot get that content anywhere else in the world. I am not exaggerating. That is the hurdle you need to strive for. Sometimes it's doable, sometimes it's not. We strive for it with every single client we work with. We can't make it happen with every single client for a range of reasons, but that's what we strive for. And that's what you should strive for in your content too. And if you do, I promise you, you will find the success of your content, however you track it, will absolutely skyrocket. So let me take you through some examples. This is a content piece that we wrote for one of our clients. Uh, again, you're gonna see the same footprints time and time again. Um, what, what do we see here? We see a celebrity, Elon Musk. That's no accident. Now this piece, by the way, crushed it for our clients. Okay, so I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you why it crushed it uh, in terms of engagement and so forth for the moment. First up, we've got Elon Musk, uh, celebrity status, always in the news. So if the targeting is correct, if the Facebook agency is targeting the correct audiences on Facebook, pretty hard to ignore this post. If you're in business, you're a fan of Elon Musk and so forth, right? That's number one. Number two, um, there's a little secret reason that only one person ever has ever um, um, given the correct answer here. And I've given this presentation a couple of times. So most people, when they think of Elon Musk, they think of him as a genius, they think of SpaceX, Tesla, so on and so forth. Um, but there's a, an aspect to Elon Musk that nobody really talks about. 
but all of us on some level want to know, okay? This is part of the reason why this particular content piece was so successful. So you'll see this headline here, Elon Musk's secret to sales success. What we identified was when most people talk about Elon Musk, they're talking about uh, the challenges with Tesla's share price or you know, how many people are short the stock or how hard he works or whatever it may be. What we couldn't find was anybody talking about how he can sell because the guy can sell. I mean, for example, he, he was able to get out of the uh, US Department of Energy a $300 million loan for Solar City, which apparently was an unprecedented move at the time, never been done before in history. So the guy can sell. And so we identified that as a dormant desire, people want to know uh, how this guy sells, but nobody else was talking about it. So we came up with this headline and hence why it became so successful. Again, we go back to the screen before, be different and offer novelty. Whereas compare that to us producing this particular piece of content at a time where many other companies are talking about his secrets to sales success, you're going to scroll through your feed and just go, yeah, I've seen this before. This is boring. But if no one's ever talked about it before, then you've got a lot of novelty. Uh, here's another example. This is from Sam Cawthorn's um, uh, content. And again, imagine you're a public speaker or wish to be a public speaker and you see this particular ad pop up on your feed. That's pretty irresistible. Okay, first we've got Martin Luther King, very, very famous man. We've got that pivotal speech and then taken, and taken that also in aggregate along with how often do you see uh, uh, someone looking to analyse the I Have a Dream speech from the viewpoint of public speaking. So if you're in that market and you see this pop up on your feeds, well, you've got something quite special there. Another example, um, so um, we see here everyone's president that we love to talk crap about, uh, whatever your political views. The reason why he's on the screen along with his advisors is we have a client that's an interior designer. And um, uh, during our discovery call, he, he said, look, Alexia, I want you to do, uh, I want your team to do interior design tips for us. I said, Larry, that's a good idea, but it's not a great idea. Uh, let's dig further. And so 40 minutes into the call, I said, and who else have you worked with? What have you done? And, um, and then he said, um, well, you know, in the 80s, we actually uh, manufactured and designed the rug in the Oval Office. I went, what? Then he proceeded to tell me a story that made its way into the uh, papers. There was a battle between the... Uh, uh, outgoing First Lady Nancy Reagan and the incoming First Lady Barbara Bush. It's a whole drama over this rug. It was a fantastic story. So therefore, I said to Larry, Larry, let me ask you, how many interior designers have this story? He goes, probably nobody. So that became the basis of one particular article. And then I thought, Larry, tell me, who else have you worked with? And then he went a bit deeper and said, well, now that you ask, we've worked with Vladimir Putin, Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Unfortunately, we couldn't actually write content about some of these people. But the point is, what I want to get across is we ask ourselves, how many interior designers can lay claim to working with people like this? How many can produce content geared around these celebrities? Very, very few. And this is how you get uniqueness and novelty 
and attention nowadays and even more so in the future. Here's another example that we wrote for one of our clients. My team did this. Again, the same, the same thing is happening time and time again. We've got the celebrity in the headline. And at the time, um, nobody else had analyzed the 2017 letter. And so as a happy consequence, this went straight to the top, number one of Google. I forget what the search term was. Uh, Jeff Bezos letter to shareholders, I think, or something. That was just a happy consequence that we didn't uh, aim to achieve that. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very solid content that worked nice for our client. So we go back to this article. Now we didn't use celebrities in this particular article, but um, the reason why it did work is the following. At the time, and it's a couple of years ago now, at the time, nobody else was talking about an undersea discovery that could extend your life. We were the first because we discovered a dormant desire for this. And so therefore we had boatloads of novelty and uniqueness. Okay. That in part was a secret source to this article. This article here, again, same deal. Nobody else at the time was combining um, the four tips to help maximize your borrowing power. So in a nutshell, what you want to do with your content is integrate wisdom and as, as often as you can get celebrities into your headline and as often as you can, if you have a sales team, speak to your sales team, create that open dialogue between your sales team and your content creators. If you get very organized and use the buzz sumo process that I've shown you here, you can build out a many, many months of a content plan in one go. Is your business on autopilot yet? Do you have automation in place to capture, nurture, and convert prospects into clients via email, SMS, ringless voicemails, appointment setting? Get all the inbound and outbound marketing tools in one place. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com for more on automating your business so you can make money while you sleep. Part two are funnels. Now we have identified um, seven funnels that are particularly powerful to be combined with content. We won't be able to get through all seven today, but at the end of the webinar, I'll show you how you can get all seven. I'm not going to make a sales pitch. I'm going to offer you something as a gift. Okay, so back to this article here. So people would read this article and then in the article, there'd be a call to action or a series of calls to action through to this video sales letter. Very simple piece of content, article in this case, multiple calls to action, starting about halfway in the article and then continuing on throughout the rest of the article through to this VSL. Very powerful. Now you need to be a great copywriter to be able to sell supplements of a VSL. Different story. This was a 45 minute video. This almost killed me. This was a very, very long, a lot of work to write, um, but very powerful when all these get lined up. Okay. That's the key to this. With Uno Home Loans, we had the article that you see now a couple of times. We go back a step. You'll see at the bottom here, a call to action under the headline, find a deal. And then in the body of the article, you'll see this read in here, more calls to action. And in this case, through to a quiz, through to a quiz. Very powerful in this context 
Why? It's because the intent, the intent of this audience is they want to know how much they can borrow. It's a self-discovery tool. So a quiz is very powerful. Write this down because this is the key secret to a quiz. It's very powerful when the intent of your audience is finding out and discovering something about themselves, something they're asking about themselves. In this case, how much can I borrow? Okay, that's why this works so well. Uh, here's another funnel, a different way to think of funnels. So this is a screenshot from our client's Facebook dashboard with permission. Uh, you'll see here on the left, um, spent about a thousand bucks. You'll see here on the right, 20 grand in revenue or so. 20 to one, pretty cool. Uh, what's even cooler is this is only one part of his dashboard. We have segments of his dashboard that have even bigger ROI than this, believe it or not. Now his funnel is a bit different. This is a, call it a modern day funnel. Now, those of you on today's webinar that have a retargeting framework, retargeting is another type of funnel. In this client's case, they sell furniture and the like. One of those products are bunk beds, as you can see on the screen here. And so what we did with them is we created three videos as part of a, con a retargeting framework. And we would run Facebook ads to this first video at the top of the funnel. And in this first video, we didn't sell anything. We just called out to the audience because our goal was to create a, an, a pool of people that self-identify as having children. Yeah, because this particular product most often is only purchased by parents with young kids. Yeah, so there is the first video. People that engage with this video get put into their own little subset, their own little audience, and then they're retargeted with a product, a stronger product-based video. Uh, three questions to ask before buying a bunk bed. And this was now around the unique selling point of the actual product itself. And there was a call to action here through to the client's e-commerce e uh, page for this product. And the people that engage with this petite piece of content got retargeted with a USP video about buying from an online retailer. So specifically what we did here was we identified the unique selling point of our particular clients. For example, he's got something like 4,800 five-star reviews. So what we said here is before you buy a bed from an online retailer, make sure they have at least, guess what? 4,800 five-star reviews. And so that worked the treat and you saw the results 20 to one just for this little segment. So that is another type of funnel where you're combining content with your retargeting. Here's another example. Uh, so these guys are one of those prolific uh, digital agencies here in the country. They're called online marketing gurus. You'll see some of the companies that they've worked with there. So we do their content as well. Again, instead of using video, we're using articles. At the top of the funnel, we run ads to this particular article and you'll see it's a business case for SEO. This is targeted to those that uh, don't know what the merits are about putting budget towards SEO. They're asking the question. They, they're not experts in SEO. They have not sold themselves on the idea of SEO. This is the first piece. People that engage with this content though, that click through to this article, then get retargeted with something much more specific around SEO. In this case, the SEO checklists. Those people that engage with this content, then get the case study. 
Case studies are great. Uh, at top of funnel, mid of funnel, and bottom. In this case, it's mid of funnel. And then finally, bottom of funnel, look what you've got here. The classical discovery call or SEO audit. Notice though, the only people that receive this are the ones that have gone through and engaged. They're getting more and more qualified. So someone who actually requests this has often been through these articles. They've been educated. Yeah, remember those stats earlier in the webinar when we talked about the conversion rate, 47% of buyers have viewed three to five pieces of content before engaging with a sales rep. We're taking advantage of that here, okay? This is yet another funnel, but it's a retargeting funnel. So guys, in, in summary for part two, we've got 10 minutes to go, so almost there. For part two, um, you absolutely need to combine your content with funnels. Whether that's a video sales letter, whether that's a quiz, or whether that's a retargeting framework, you need to do it. Like I said, we have seven. I've shown you three. In a moment, I'll show you how you can get the rest of them. So it's all good. But if you, have, if you combine your content with funnels, you are now laying the groundwork that is essential to get ROI from your content, okay? But there's a part three, and that's amplification. What do I mean by amplification? Well, there's many ways. There's Facebook ads, there's banner buys, there's, you know, there's, there's email. Uh, in this case here, this is the banner, one of the many, many banners <laughs> that we ran to our article that I've shown you before. So people would click on this banner and this would pop up on so many networks, it wasn't funny. They click on this banner, go through to the article, and then from the article through to the checkout page. Okay, that's amplification, that's simple. In Uno Home Loans case, this is the actual Facebook ad that popped up on Facebook. People will click on this, go through to the article. You can see the same thing time and time again. Through to the article, the article had call to action at the bottom through to a quiz. In this case here, uh, this is extracted from SEM Rush. Amplification can also be SEO, okay? I know SEO has lost some of its glory over the last five years or so. Uh, for some markets, I tell you, it's still an opportunity big time. This is for Uno Home Loans. Um, and just so you know, um, guys, you know, they're in a very competitive space, mortgage brokering, fintech and the like. And you can see where our effort came in because we produced probably 150,000 words for them and they distributed our content over an extended period of time. But you can see nothing, 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 nothing. And in conjunction with their digital team, uh, you can see the skyrocket of traffic there. So this is amplification, okay? Again, this is another one of our clients. Uh, we don't do all of their content, we do some of it. But you look at all of the number one positions and look at some of that volume. 22,000 number one, 74,000 number two, that's probably giving you 30,000 searches a month. Um, serious traffic, good, high quality business. Again, SEO. Um, what else is amplification? Now I tell you, if you've got an email list, if you're not mailing it regularly, good solid content, I think you're nuts. And so the easiest way ever invented to amplify content is broadcast the content to your list. Sounds obvious, sounds absurd to even say it. Most companies do not. In fact, we run the email calendars of many, many clients because they're so busy running their companies, they just cannot find the time to sit there and write content for emails yet they've got lists of 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. In fact, that person 
you saw that text before where it said 200 responses came through. That was a gentleman yesterday that I said to him, he has a, a quit smoking product. I said, Michael, you need to send a nine word email to your list. And my best guess is you're going to get a few hundred leads come through. He had a 30,000 person database that he's mailing once a month. We're going to run his email calendar. And you saw, I didn't set it up. It was an SMS, right? Um, 200 leads came through from a simple email sent to the list. And the email was the following. Hey, Alexi, do you still want to quit smoking? Question mark. Now his sales team have got to go through all the leads. Happy problem. Okay. And so you'll see an example here of my good mate, James Schramko. He's got some links to uh, various funnels at the bottom of his email. This example here is another form of amplification, something that's killing it right now. Um, if you've got a sales team, you probably need to test this one. So backstory, this is one of our clients and uh, we produce their content, but the content wasn't getting results quickly enough uh, per the client's perceptions. And so we tried something completely off the wall. We simply set up a Facebook lead ad and you'll see the ad right there. People would click on the learn more and then the, you know, the, the, the pop-up would appear within the Facebook platform and then they go through to the blog post. So all we effectively did, really damn simple, we just gated the blog post with a Facebook lead ad and the client was able to get leads coming through from the very beginning, like from the get-go. Um, and so I can't give you all the results because I don't have permission in terms of um, how much they spent and so forth. But I will tell you, 100 leads came through uh, almost immediately, 23 of them that were high quality. The downside is 73 were sucky. And the way that 73 were discovered that they were sucky was having to manually go through them and contact everybody. So the upsides of this particular methodology, if we're talking amplification, is it's super fast to get results from content. The downside is you get a lot of tire kickers, especially from Facebook. So you've got to work through the leads, horses for courses, but super powerful, super powerful. Guys, in a nutshell, that is content hacking. Um, part three is amplification. You absolutely need to amplify your content. Um, if you're just putting content on social without boosting it in some form nowadays, it's almost pointless. The organic reach on Facebook is less than 1%, meaning almost nobody sees it. Um, there are different ways to amplify content. Uh, some have more merit than others, depending on your particular opportunity. But just know um, when you combine all three parts of content hacking, content funnels and amplification, it truly is the knockout punch. I could show you many more examples, but we're running here uh, short on time. It's okay though, because I've got a book. And that book sells on Amazon for $17.95, but I'm going to offer it to you guys as a gift because Greg is my brother from another mother. And all you need to do is go here, foobie.co forward slash book. And in the book, I expand on many more examples, expand on the content hacking framework. And the good thing is I wrote it in a Q&A format, meaning you don't have to start from beginning to end. You can just go through the table of contents dip in wherever you've got a challenge right now. And I kid you not, it's the best advice that I could possibly give based on the experience and the results that we get for clients. So go there at that link right now, it's uh, complimentary. Um, so yep, that's for everybody. And those of you that uh, are doing your own content, but you're running out of time, those of you that want to produce more content or you're not happy with the content you're doing or whatever it may be, you may want to check about our managed service. 
if that's the case, that is my personal email. Uh, just shoot me an email and we can have a chat and we can go from there. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Booth Solutions Podcast with your hosts, Captain Marco Torres and my buddy co-host, Christian D. Evans. Now it's on you. Take the next step now. Go to marketingboothsolutions.com for more on how you can wow, delight, and surprise your clients with the most amazing draw card on the planet. So stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty for knowledge. See you next time.